are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. We have been teasing this all week as far as a specific guest we'd have on. You've listened to him before, but it is Donnie Drew with the All Sun Devils on Sports Illustrated. Uh, so he's giving us his time today to talk a little bit of basketball and football. Uh, so for today, we're going to be essentially just doing general thoughts on the basketball team as they have their first game coming up next Tuesday. Then we're going to be doing a preview of the game against Washington State for the Sun Devil football team and what it means for the season. For our last segment, we're going to be closing out with players to watch, bold predictions, and final score. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. I am your host, Connor Geos, always accompanied by my co-host, Richie Bradshaw. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Remember, we also have a Twitter page for the Lockdown Sun Devils, and you can find us at LO underscore Sun Devils. We also provide content Monday through Friday. Never miss an episode. Subscribe. And whether that is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you like to get your podcast, subscribe and never miss any of our content. With that, Richie, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. And I'm even happier because our great friend, Donnie Druin, is joining us. A great friend or like, okay, friend, like, like acquaintance. I like him more than I like you. Uh, well, even I don't believe that. But between, between us, the bar is set so low. So like, if I'm like incredibly low, like how much up or if Donnie's ahead of me and he's a great friend, what does that make me? Uh, a, a friend. Okay. Just a friend. Wonderful. You're, Wonderful. you're my co-host. That's the depth of this relationship. I'm not sure if I prefer friend or co-host, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been co-host zoned before. So I, even that's a new low that I've seen. <laughs> oh, you mean your friend? No, no, no. I mean my co-host. Donnie, we need to ask you as well. How are you doing today? I'm good. And I, I do want to point out something. I'm not giving time. I'm loaning it. I will definitely get this time back from you gentlemen one way or another. But phenomenal to be here. Uh, Sun Devils coming off of a bye week. A, a very boring weekend. Nothing really happened over the weekend. Nothing really significant, at least for myself. Just watched college football all weekend. To me, that no news is a good is good news kind of thing. We didn't hear about players not being able to come back, right? There's a couple, including like Chase Lucas and Evan Fields, who might be a game-time decision. Um, so at least we didn't hear somebody already being ruled out a week in advance, right? But let, let's talk about that a, a little bit later. Let's talk about basketball first. So they have their first game coming up against Portland, I believe, on Tuesday. So they, they actually have a scrimmage next Monday, uh, November 1st, against St. Catherine College. And then I believe it's November 9th, which will be the following Tuesday. They have their first home game against Portland to kick off the season, yeah, or tip off, excuse me. They already have a scrimmage as well. Then they play like New Mexico State or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they, they played New Mexico State over the weekend, I believe. Bobby Hurley was pretty glowing of that, essentially, scrimmage, but... I, I don't know how much stock I put into it. When, it, when I look at some of the, the preseason rankings, like the Sun Devils basketball team, no one's saying they're going to be bad. I, I just, the expectations aren't set incredibly high. Um, overall thoughts on, on the team as a whole, new pieces coming in, especially with the basketball team where pieces rotate all the time, right? A lot of players who could potentially be one and done transferring. We lost a, a couple of our 
seniors over the last couple of years uh, that have been with ASU for a little while. So uh, general thoughts on this team, whether that's expectations or anything along those lines. Yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect out of this team. I don't think anybody who really makes in preseason rankings are, you know. Um, I think I remember reading Athlon Sports had them predicted as like the the fourth best team going into the Pac-12. And um, obviously UCLA are going to be the front runners to win the conference again. Then you have teams like Oregon and USC up there as well. AC normally has pretty good guard play, right? You know, it's kind of their uh, bread and butter in terms of basketball. And they've lost some really big pieces through uh, the last time that they had played. Uh, for Josh Christopher, obviously went to the NBA and got drafted by the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, guards Remy Martin and Alonzo Vares transferred out after initially declaring for the NBA draft as well. Uh, but they did gain some valuable pieces. Marcus Bagley, who conveniently also declared for the NBA draft. I didn't like the grade he received, so he decided to come back to school. And then we were actually talking about this a little bit before we hopped on the podcast. Um, Three transfers for ASU, all of them at the guard position, uh, Marion Jackson and Jay Heath being two of those. So they should definitely help um, provide a little bit of a boost to the backcourt. Uh, but like I was saying a little bit earlier, not a whole lot of, I guess, firepower might be the right word to describe ASU's backcourt. Um, they do, however... The incoming freshman, he's actually a Canadian guy, reclassified from 2022 to 2021. Uh, Inach uh, Bawache, I believe I pronounced his name right. You're going to be hearing his name a lot, a freak athlete at the center position. Uh, look for him to dominate in the paint early and often, assuming he gets the playing time that he should. But say, it, it seems like Jalen Graham's probably going to take that spot, but I'm curious how they start to rotate players in. I'm even curious watching the scrimmages. Like, I, I don't feel like one of these roster spots are at least set or – whether players are playing the three or four, like an example, Marcus Bagley, it feels like they're going to be a little bit interchangeable at those wing positions this year. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, I, I do need to ask you, Rich and I were talking about this. I think it was on the Tuesday edition of the podcast. Yes. General thoughts on like Bobby Hurley. He was hired, I think it was like 2015. He's been very mm-hmm. up and down. There's times where Sundable fans are, Bobby's the greatest. We got to keep him here, keep him forever. And then like a year later, it's like, why is that bum still here? But bum may be way too harsh, but like depending on who you talk to, their their opinions just vary a, a ton. Um, is this a defining season for Bobby Hurley? Ooh, defining is a very heavy word. Um, I don't think he's on like the hot seat by any stretch of the imagination. I feel like if anything, last year or 2020, um, the the actual like, tournament itself, or even 2019, might have been defining years because they had a really good roster. The Sun Devils had a really good roster, and, and you saw flashes of that. I mean, they won very big games, kind of sprinkled throughout the schedule, but they were never really able to like get anything going in like conference play. They were never really able to get anything going in NCAA tournament play. I mean, we're talking about a team that hasn't you know made the tourney in the last two seasons, so. Um, <sighs> Make or break year or pivotal year, however you want to put it on the uh, cookie cutter for Bobby Hurley. I think he does a good enough job to keep his job this year. But the problem is that, like, I think Sun Devil fans are so used to, like, wanting a little bit more, right? And after Hurley being in that position for six to seven years now, they haven't really gotten enough, right? And they've had enough talented guys come through Arizona State in the last few years to do something with it. And I guess Hurley just hasn't exactly exceeded expectations. But the great argument that you hear whenever people bring up, oh, you know, Hurley should go is who are you going to hire? 
I don't really know anybody out on the open market right now that can come come into Arizona State. And at least within the next a couple of recruiting cycles, because you have to remember as well, college basketball has very much so turned into a one and done scenario, at least for the, the top tier athletes. And you're, you're even starting to see a lot of high school kids go straight to the G League or even play overseas instead of playing in college ball. So, you know, it's not like the old days where a coach can come and get a couple of recruiting classes underneath his belt and then, you know, form like a solid team of veterans. Those days are gone. Uh, so, you know, Bobby Hurley, I guess, but I don't see him being fired this year unless the Sun Devils do drastically bad. So then let, let me ask you this. what, Where would you set the bar for Bobby? Because obviously all of us are thinking that he needs to get to the bracket. I feel like that's a mm-hmm. fair expectation. But it is. So we start there. Where from there do we need Bobby Hurley to continue progressing to justify – bringing him back for the future, not just next season, but to actually have faith in him to continue leading this team the way that he has. I think you got to string together at least one or two wins in the NCAA tournament. And that's going to be very, very hard because look, ASU missed a tournament last year. They missed a tournament with a fairly decent team. And it's like, look, if you're not going to be one of the top 68 teams in the country, and you're going to play in the NIT tournament, and you're going to get bounced out early out of that. Yeah, it's not going to fly. I think athletic director Ray Nishin has his bar set a little bit higher than those kind of expectations. But, Richie, I think you're, you hit the head on the nail. The NCAA tournament is kind of where the talks have to begin, right? Um, it, at least one win out of the first round. But like I said earlier, that's going to be tough because if ASU does get in the tournament this year, they're probably going to be a bit of a lower seed. So their matchup might not even be a, a likely one to win. So it, it's so like cut and dry right now when we don't even really know what the team looks like, how other teams are going to look like and what even the matchups are going to be like. So I, I think realistically you want to get off to a strong start and then you want to carry a, a really good record heading into conference play, which I believe begins in December. Yeah. And they've gotten off to some of those hot starts in the last couple of years. And some of these, when they've hit conference play, they've just kind of fallen apart. I want to say they have a, a little bit different of a year. Like maybe it was 20, it was 2018 or 2019. They had like 23 wins, um, had a, a great year, and kind of just started to slow down the second they hit conference play. And one of those years, you were talking about some of the, the great wins they had. They, they knocked off like number one Kansas one of those years mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, they, they, they beat Kansas. I mean, it feels like every time Arizona comes to Tempe, they, they end up beating a very good Arizona basketball team. So it, I, I think that almost plays into the frustration a little bit too because, you know, you've seen Arizona State win big basketball games and look like a very good basketball team, but I, I feel like they haven't really been able to string consistent performances together through long stretches of time to convince people and even convince recruits like, hey, like we can ball. You know, Arizona State guard you, whatever you want to call them. They can make noise in a tournament because the last couple of years they haven't done that at all. Yeah, I, th- I think you meant – or put it perfectly, excuse me, they're, they're just maddeningly inconsistent. They feel like, like you said, they should be a top 64 team in the nation with ease. It's, it's a big program. They, they have good coaching. Kids want to go there, but for whatever reason, they're just not able to string something together. And we're not asking them to be Kansas. We're not asking oh, I them am. to be. <laughs> okay. No, most of us aren't asking them to beat them. Yeah. We're, we're asking them to be, a top four, top three team in our own conference. And, and yeah, just make the tournament. We're not, we're not telling you you have to be a number one seed. So I, I, I will tell you this. Sorry to interrupt you, Richie. 
there's been a lot of talk and I, I've kind of driven to this the last couple of minutes about talented guys coming through Tempe and them not really doing anything with them. Connor, back to your question on how big of a year this is going to be for Bobby Hurley. We've seen talented guys come through Tempe. Now he's lost guys like Christopher Martin and Vayers, right? We're going to see how good Bobby Hurley can coach this year. Because aside from Marcus Bagley, there is not a whole lot of, hey, this guy could probably go to the league and play in a couple of years. There's not a whole lot of that. So we're really going to get to see if Bob Hurley can coach a group of kids or not this year. You heard it here. Uh, a lot of, I, I don't want to, optimism may not be the, the right word, but I, I think there's at least some hope for the Sun Devil team. Donnie, you, you said it perfectly. Can Bobby Hurley coach? If he can coach his butt off this year, I think they could definitely make some noise, but We'll see how that goes. But coming up next, uh, we're going to preview the Washington State football game coming up this Saturday, which is, again, a day game. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Hey there, Locked on Sun Devils fans. Richie Bradshaw here. Going to talk to you today about something that makes us all a little bit uncomfortable, and that is professive sweating. We've talked for weeks now about getting sweat block, and let me tell you, we're starting to hear from our good friends some awesome glowing reviews about sweat block and what it's done for them. We have a good friend of ours who's a teacher right now, and during the summers, it was obviously very hot because we're in Arizona, but he still has this problem regardless of profusive sweating and just sweating right through his clothes and pitting out. Well, he tried out sweat block from our recommendation, puts puts it on every day just to be sure, and it gets him through without having to just be embarrassed and having pit stains all the time. I mean, he was packing an extra shirt every single day. Because by the time it came to lunchtime, he just looked bad. It just, he felt gross. He felt bad about himself, but Sweatblock turned not around for him. Sweatblock is definitely a product that I absolutely recommend. Stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. It's dry shirt guaranteed too. So if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's not just for armpits, it's for your chest, your back, your feet, your hands. Use it anywhere. And I mean, anywhere that sweats if you or somebody you care about is dealing with excessive sweat you have to check out sweatblock get 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at amazon and cvs this episode of locked on sun levels is brought to you by mcdonald's proudly serving communities since 1965 they've always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I was on my way home from work the other day, and I had to stop by McDonald's, the one closest to us. Uh, I've actually gotten to know some people that work there by name, and now they started greeting me by name as well. Uh, just goes to show that they've got an excellent staff there uh, providing great memories for me as well. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Sun Devils watch party? I think we absolutely have to go there this weekend for the game. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Again, thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I don't know about you guys. It has been an eternity since we've gotten to watch the Sun Devil football game. That is not mathematically correct. It is only in my head. It's just, Donnie, I don't know about you, but I feel like when my team loses, especially like right before a bye, even the week before in football, 
it takes so long. I feel like just to, to wait patiently to get back in that wing column. Now having to wait two full weeks for that to happen again. It's yeah, no, it, it was it was weird because I looked at my phone and it said uh, AC was down three to zero to the bye week early in the first quarter. Well, it's a good thing that that second half defense showed up this time around. Yeah, this time around. Thank goodness the bye week wasn't in Utah. We'll say that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, for real. The good news is uh, our bye week actually put up more of a fight than U of A has in the last like ten years. So, Donnie. Overall thoughts on Washington State this year? They've had a little bit of an up and down season. I, I don't feel like it is a, a gimme by any means. Which I feel like if you kind of look at, at any team that's not U of A as a gimme, like you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. So, yeah. general thoughts on their team going into this game? Yeah. So, I actually, have a lot of uh, really strong political opinions about their head coach. Is going to rattle off if that's okay with you guys? All right, cool. Uh, no, it's just Washington State. They present a little bit of a different challenge for the Sun Devils. I mean, this is a team that throws to football and throws to football a lot. I mean, they're second in the Pac-12 in passing yards per game with 262 and a half averaged. Um, a lot of four wide receiver sets that you're going to see. I mean, they, they don't really even have a tight end that catches passes, um, at least in the box score for the 2021 season. Um, three straight wins before the BYU loss. And obviously everybody who pays attention to the Pac-12 and you know the rest of college football kind of knows what happened with the coaching staff and all the good stuff. So we don't need to go into that. But I will say the I kind of want to call it resilience, you know, to, to go through everything that those guys did and to almost come away with a win versus BYU. Very impressive. So, Connor, I think you hit the nail on the head. Not by any means a walk in the park for Arizona State. I mean, you would certainly want to be encouraged by them having a bye week and them having a little bit of extra time to prepare for Washington State and kind of the rest of the five-game schedule that they have ahead. But I don't think the Cougars, they're going to go down without a fight. You know, obviously there's been a ton of going on with the program. Uh, Those guys can play. You know, they've beaten, um, you know, programs like Stanford and, you know, Cal, which aren't exactly, uh, you know, pushovers as well, at least, you know, outside of them coming to Tempe. So um, I, I don't want to stay impressed, but, uh, you know, not disappointed whenever I turned on the Cougars tape and I watched them a little bit. So tell me this, with Arizona State's struggle against the tight end and Washington State not employing any tight ends whatsoever, do you think that this is going to benefit Arizona State or do you think it's going to stretch them thin knowing that they're going to have four wide receivers on the field basically every single play? So here's the thing with that. I think you might see a lot of uh, nickel and dime packages just because they don't carry um, a lot of tight ends. I, I will say running back uh, Max Borgie, he's averaging five yards per carry. And I feel like every touchdown he scored this year has came within four yards. So if they do get right around the goal line, granted they do pass a lot, but everybody in the stadium knows who is going to get the ball and it's going to be Max uh, with the ball in his hands. But the, the thing that might worry about me, and Connor touched on this a little bit earlier, is that Chase Lucas and Evan Fields, both not confirmed by Herm Edwards, but you know it's expected to play on Saturday in the afternoon versus Washington State. If either one of them can struggle with injuries, and I, I do want to get your guys' thoughts on this as well, but at least versus Utah, the secondary did not look like a secondary without guys like Evan Fields and without guys like Chase Lucas. So I, I do worry that if their depth does need to be tested, at least in terms of passing the ball, they might struggle a little bit. And that feels really weird to say about a Sun Devil secondary, but you know, at least without those two guys, definitely not glowing reviews that came out of the Utah game. Yeah, we we were talking about this earlier in the week, and I, Jack Jones is going to do his darndest to take out a guy like Cal, uh, I think it's Calvin Jackson Jr. 
but they've got two studs and, and Travell Harris as well. I, I think watching those guys go up against our two corners would be super fun. Uh, not having a tight end on the field, I think will benefit us, but if they're just playing a ton of like, what's that uh, 10 personnel throughout the entire game, like if our secondary is just so banged up, even if they're out there, Right, so it sounds like Chase Lucas is supposed to be back, based on what Herm Edwards said. But uh, I'm yeah, pretty- yeah. So, it, so basically, it, it looks like Lucas and Fields are going to play receiver Johnny uh, Wilson. He's pretty much the only one that's going to be a game time decision. But it's really weird because Herm Edwards went on ninety eight point seven FM out here and said like a couple hours before his Monday press conference that like all three of those guys were expected to play. And then all of a sudden, kind of changed his mind on Wilson. But at least on the defensive secondary side of things. It, it looks like they're going to be full strength, which is a very good thing for AS2. I, I don't like the Monday presses for Herm. They, I, I wish they were on Fridays because come Mondays for like a month, it was, yeah, Chip Trainum, I think, has a really good shot to play this. Oh, man. He was out for like three to four weeks. So, uh, But we're, we're hearing the same thing that you did. So it sounds like a, a lot of them are it, they're going to play. But to your point, even if they're on the field, just because they're there does not mean they're 100%. And if they're going to go up against – some of these uh, stud wide receivers that they've got, and that's how they're probably going to end up testing us. Like it's, it may not be in our benefit in a sense. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. They obviously love to pass the ball a ton. Um, I'm curious how our defense will hold up. I, I do think our offense will be able to put up some points as well. I, I just don't want it to be a shootout, right? If it gets into a shootout situation or Washington state takes the lead, I'm not sure we have the firepower to keep up with them. Provided our, our defense is holding their own, it should be a, a pretty good game, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes from there. So overall thoughts on the defense for Washington State. So they're they're not like bad. They're not good. Nothing really sticks out for them, um, at least whenever I watch them and kind of anything that they necessarily do. One player I did want to highlight for them. Uh, defensive end Ron Stone is a uh, phenomenal player. 41 tackles, four sacks three pass deflections and one forced fumble. I mean, obviously you're going to have dogs on every team that you play. And uh, Ron Stone definitely barks for them every single week. But other than that, nah, it's just nothing tremendous that they do. I mean, the the wins that they previously had during that three-game win streak, um, I believe two of those games came whenever they had to score 31 and 34 points respectively. So to your point, they have won shootouts. And we haven't necessarily seen the Sun Devils in a shootout. And kind of going back to the defense a little bit, I don't think the Sun Devils have played a, a uh, air raid team this year. You know, there are teams that have tried to establish the run early. They've fallen behind, and then they, they've had to throw. Washington State's going to throw the ball from the very first play to the very last play. You know, they're, they're not going to exactly try to establish the run. They're going to try to get things done with their quarterback, which, by the way, he's thrown six interceptions this year, so he's very – prone to turning the ball over. I do want to point that out. Is there, though, are they opportunistic at all? Do they get a ton of turnovers? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they, like I, I have a number in my head, or at least since like 2019, they lead the pack 12 in turnovers cause. So or forced turnovers, I should say. So um, definitely looking forward to the Sun Devils defense, hopefully taking, uh, taking advantage of those types of throws. Yeah. And real quick to your point, Donnie, about how they haven't really played narrate offense. I, it almost would be like, getting in a hole for them almost plays their strength is now it's like, okay, well now we really can air the football out. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because in years past, Wazoo has definitely been the team that's going to throw 50 times a game. The days of Aaron Gordon and, and, or Anthony Gordon, excuse me, Aaron Gordon's a basketball player, Anthony Gordon and his zero footwork 
Garner Minshew, Connor Halliday, Luke Falk, those days are gone now because they have Max Borgie. So, like you said, they're going to rely on Borgie once they get inside the 20-yard line. And with how much they're going to throw the football between uh, Calvin Jackson and Connor, help me out, the other kid's name. Uh, Terrell Harrell? Uh, Ter- uh, Terrell Harris. Harris, thank you. And Terrell Harris, they, they got the opportunity to continue pushing the ball down the field the way that they have in years past. It's definitely different than what ASU's played this year because we've seen Arizona State get dominated by mobile quarterbacks like Dorian Thompson-Robinson and the kid from BYU. I mean, seriously, just about almost every quarterback we've played this uh, this year almost has been a pretty mobile quarterback. So kind of take your pick. DTR is obviously probably at the, the top there. Uh, but I just want to correct myself from earlier. It's Travell Harris, not Terrell. Gotcha. But, Travell. So it, it just overall, this is going to be an entirely different offense than what we faced this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they game plan because th- this is unlike anything you've faced so far this year. And so here's the thing with that as well. And this goes back to the personnel that they're going to have on the field. So if they do go a lot of 10 personnel, and for those that don't know, one running back is zero tight ends, which means they have four spread wide receivers out. That means ASU is going to be most likely out of their base defense, that base 4-3 and into a nickel whistle, like four to four down linemen and like two linebackers and an extra like nickel back. Max Borgie can run the football. Like Borgie, like he is in the wrong, wrong offense, excuse me, because he can make people miss. He can run through people. I, mean, I think he's a very, very good running back. And I think if they find themselves in a lot of uh, empty boxes per se, they're not going to be afraid to run the football with him. Like I already pointed out, he's carried the ball a hundred times and he averages five yards per carry. I mean, he's obviously a very good guy. He's found the end zone eight times this year already. It feels like they could do a little bit of everything. So it's almost as if like, you don't, you can't only focus on the passing attack because Borgie's in the backfield. And I feel like, that's almost the same way as people look at, you know, AC's offense. You know, you can't focus on Jane Daniels trying to throw, you know, the ball down deep just because there are guys like, you know, Chip Trainum and Rashad White and Daniel got in the backfield ready to carry the load. Agreed. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, if if we had a couple of big takeaways, if I come away and the defense was more so bend, don't break, just because of how uh, much this team likes to pass the ball, I, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. I expect some big plays, a lot of chunk plays, especially if we're dealing with some injuries or guys not at hundred percent. So can they, can they just avoid some of the, the long touchdowns that can put them in a hole? Not that it's, it's different than any other week, but I really expect ASU obviously to be able to run the ball here. And I think that's really just to, to try to dominate the time of possession stat. Not that it's always cause and effect for a win now, but I think the more you can keep out of Washington state's hands and let your defense go to work is obviously going to benefit them. So that is it for uh, a Washington state preview. Stick with us as we do every week. We're going to be doing some score predictions, bold predictions as well for the upcoming game this week. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer and choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry When you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can save time and money by using Rock Auto? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to your auto part needs. 
go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for you and your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, postseason baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're back for our third and final segment of a Thursday edition of this Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Now we're going to get into some bold predictions and score predictions from yours truly, or at least I should say uh, our, our guest, Donnie Druin. He's going to be giving us his thoughts on, or at least he talked about how the game is going to go against Washington State, but maybe some bold predictions and score predictions on his side as well. So Donnie, I'll turn it over to you. Bold predictions for this game, offense or defense. Ooh, it's tough. So many bold ways we can go especially after listening to those advertisements right i feel like i'm just gonna go on the internet and just buy everything you guys just previously talked about so that um is not bold at all if you listen to our ads it's absolutely not bold yeah no that's true uh catch me at rock auto next time you guys are listening to the locked on sun devils podcast uh bold predictions i think coming out of the bye week we're gonna see a little bit of a different offense i think jane daniels throws at least two touchdown passes on uh, Saturday during the day as well. And I'm, I'm not used to watching the Sun Devils play whenever it, there's sunlight out. So I think that's going to be an adjustment period for everybody. Do you think that the, the passing touchdowns are due to the amount of sunlight or because of the bye week? Which one do you think has more of an effect? I think the sun being out combined with the Sun Devils nickname, I think that just goes hand in hand and they're going to get some extra power. Blackout as well. For anybody listening, it's going to be a blackout in Tempe. So make sure to wear your black shirts whenever you attend. In the middle of Arizona of a hot day. Okay, good talk, good talk. Yeah, I, I can't wait to uh, reach the planning committee because I, I have a, a couple of choice words for those people for that. So, um, Okay, so Jaden's going to be tossing two touchdowns. For anybody listening, like your quarterback tossing two touchdowns, is it that impressive? Well, when you look at Jaden has the fact, or he has like 10 total touchdowns on the year, uh, and most of them are not through the air. Uh, it's not that bold, so... Here, here's a fun little stat for you, Donnie. I don't know if you've noticed this. Jaden Daniels has six touchdown passes on the year. He has had two touchdown passes in three games. Interesting. I did not know that. Of the seven games that Jaden Daniels has played this year, he has six touchdown passes in three games. He's thrown two in each game. They they do uh, come in bunches. I'm, I'm going to hit you w- with a uh, with another stat for you right now. Um, Jaden Daniels, I think, needs only 25 rushing guards to hit over a thousand rushing guards in his career. So I do think he hits that as well. I'm not sure how bold that is since he only needs 25, but I, I do think you're just that milestone as well. What did uh, what did he just pass through the air within like the last like week or two? Ooh, five thousand. Five thousand. Okay. Yep. Cool. So he passed five thousand passing yards and then six thousand. Uh, total passing and rushing yards together. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so that was your first bowl prediction as far as Jaden Daniel goes. Any more for this game? 
Yeah, uh, Jaden Delora, Washington State quarterback. I had previously mentioned that he, you know, might be a little bit prone to turning the ball over. I think he does that, and I think he does it twice. Uh, you know, this ASU defense, for whatever reason, has a knack for getting turnovers on quarterbacks that, you know, predominantly take very good care of the ball. Now they have a perfect opportunity for a guy that's shown, you know, a little bit of a tendency to maybe put balls in places they shouldn't go. So I think the ASU defense capitalizes on that whenever they get that opportunity. So I, I think it was twice this year. I want to say it actually might have even been back to back weeks, potentially. Back to back. But both uh, Stanford and Utah, I, I think we played. We've at least played two games this year where their quarterback had not thrown any interceptions. And then we came away with multiple in that game. Uh, one of them, I think, was even three. So uh, two definitely is going to be in the cards. Um, turnovers are not incredibly easy to come by, right? Depending on how mistake-free your, your football team likes to play or at least how conservative they could be. Um, but this Sun Devils team, they're ab- absolutely opportunistic. And if they're going to pass the ball as much as we think they will, um, it's there could definitely be that opportunity for the secondary for sure. Any other bold predictions, offense or defense? None other. Um, I, I do think I have a score prediction that might surprise some people. It's just depending on how you feel about the Sun Devils team. So and I guess even my, my score prediction might be quote unquote bold. If you take Wazoo, you're never coming back on this. Podcast. Oh, no, no. Okay. I know my place. Are you taking Wazoo to cover the spread? We'll talk about some of those, those betting lines more tomorrow, but I want to say that it's starting at like 14 and a half, 15 and a half, 16 and a half, something along those lines. So. It was at 15 earlier this week. I'm not sure how that line moves. It'll likely move a little bit before the game as well, because like the, the day of is where you see a lot of people start to, you know, actually throw their money at the game. So the night before and the day of, that's when you really start to see like lines move and stuff. Okay. So as, as far as your score prediction, let, let's hear it. Yeah, I think the Sun Devils are going to come out and they're going to let it rip. You know, I, I really think this team is a team that feels really determined to try and make something of what a lot of people feel like is a very big year for very good reason. You know, you have the NCAA investigation going on. You have a very, very senior-led, talented team. What feels like the most talented team to roll through Tempe in quite a long time. It feels like you're not going to have this talented of a group for what feels like a couple of years, at least, right? You don't know what's going to happen with the coaching staff with everything going on. Just, there's a whole lot of unknown past this year. So I feel like there's a very big emphasis, right? Herm Edwards in his Monday press conference talked about, he talked to the leaders. He wrote them letters on what he expected out of them. And, you know, just to kind of really drive home the point that, hey guys, there's five games left. We need to do something with this. So I think they're going to receive the message very well. I think Washington State's going to put up some points. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not sold on ASU's defense continually stopping a passing attack for four quarters, maybe after halftime when Antonio Pierce is able to get those coveted second half um, you know, adjustments in. But then again, that's what we thought we were going to see versus Utah, and they let 28 unanswered points scored against them in the second half. But It was an adjustment from the first half for sure. Wazoo ain't no Utah boys. Wazoo is not the Utah Utes by any stretch of imagination. Giving the Arizona State Sun Devils 38 to 20. Okay. Wow. Alrighty. Well, there you have it as far as uh, bold predictions and score predictions from Donnie Druin. Donnie, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. We always love having uh, you on and hearing your thoughts. Uh, we'll definitely have you more as we finish this football season as well throughout the basketball season. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, so find me on Twitter at Donnie Druin, D-O-N-N-I-E-D-R-U-I-N. Um, pretty easy. I probably wouldn't follow myself because I'm kind of lame whenever it comes to corny jokes and subpar Cardinals and ASU coverage. So 
I'd much rather prefer uh, following LO underscore Sun Devils, right? Is, is that the Twitter handle? You absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Make sure to follow Donnie on Twitter. Uh, never miss any Sun Devils content while we put out content Monday through Friday in terms of podcasting. Uh, Donnie is writing a ton of articles, always providing great tweets and, and comments throughout uh, the week. So if you need your sendable fix outside of us, make sure to follow him on Twitter as well. But thank you so much for uh, listening to the Thursday edition of the Lockdown Sendables podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36, as well as what Donnie was just mentioning, our Twitter page for the Lockdown Sendables at LO underscore Sendables. Again, make sure to subscribe and listen to all of our podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or the Odyssey app, uh, or wherever else you get your podcast. But thank you so much for making us your first listen today. Come back for tomorrow. We're going to be doing a little bit more of an in-depth preview of the game. Uh, Also going over some betting lines and looking at what other experts are saying about this game. Feels good to be doing that again. But now get all of your Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.